Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. If my guests today sound a little bit familiar... That's because I just had them on about six weeks ago. Now, normally, I don't bring repeat guests on quite that, quite that quickly, but there are a couple reasons that I'm making an exception with these two people. First, they're really insightful restaurateurs that can help us as diners better understand the hospitality industry. And two, we spent so much time in the last episode talking about Night Owl that we barely got to dive into their second bar slash restaurant, Fizzy's Fountain and Liquor, so I had to have them back today. Katie and Noah Mock, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Thank you so much for letting us come back. Of course. So <laughs> yeah, Thanks I, for having us again, Dan. I appreciate it. I actually lied a little bit in that intro. The real reason I dragged you guys back on is just because I want to talk to you because you're fun. <laughs> but, but we can talk about fizzies in, in the sure. – and we can make that the reason why you came back. So you guys opened Fizzy's Fountain and Liquors in Little Bohemia in 2019 as – I found this quote somewhere, I don't remember where, but as a soda fountain for adults. So, I mean, it's just, it's such a unique vibe. I haven't seen anything in like, you guys have like the upholstered booths in there. You've got the counter seating. Orders are taken via like a rotary style phone that's at each table. It's so cool. So I'm just going to open it up. How did you come up with this concept? (laughs) Oh, how did we come up with the concept? Um... Well, I think a lot of it started with we really love that era of, like, design, the classic cocktails, you know, diner food's always really fun. And we just got to bouncing ideas off one another. I remember we were on Leavenworth, and we were talking about it in the car. And we thought, wouldn't it be really cool to do, like, a soda fountain but make it, like, a cocktail bar and do ice cream cocktails, classic cocktails from the 50s and 60s. And that's kind of how Fizzy's idea was born. Yeah, we wanted to. We knew, you know, Omaha people love ice cream. I mean, who doesn't love ice cream? Especially so, coneflower. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. and we Especially were able to. And we, you know, we did a pop-up at coneflower in, I want to say 2018? I think so. That's just been years now. Yeah. Um, and we talked them into being our, our purveyor for our ice cream. Which really made that, you know, that concept really fun for us because we knew we were getting such a quality product from them. Um, and we kind of wanted to do something that had a lot of Midwest culture. So ice cream cocktails, surprisingly, are from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They were developed, really? Yeah, they were developed at a place called Bryant's Lounge and then a place called At Random. And it's a big Wisconsin thing. And so that's where the, the, the pink scroll was invented, the grasshopper, all those kind of old um, – drinks that your grandma used to drink, you know, at supper clubs and stuff like that in the fifties and sixties. And they're kind of starting to make a resurgence right now. So because people are just really trying to have fun with their cocktails and a lot, a lot more whimsical and you can have really, you know, you can do a lot of fun with the presentation and stuff. So we kind of wanted to roll that idea into also, you know, having really good cocktails, obviously, you know, having, you know, more craft stuff and then, and then also diner food. So we wanted to kind of make it this, we wanted to make it different, you know, something different that's, you know, hopefully something that you don't even see in the rest of the country, let alone Omaha. Mm-hmm. That was kind of our intention. So um, we just kind of went for it and went kind of crazy with it, obviously. So. Now, the idea of the ice cream cocktail 
you know, you mentioned that's something that's very popular in other parts of the country, but if it's in, if it's been present in Omaha, I haven't seen it before. And maybe there's been pop-ups, maybe there's been specials here and there, but it's certainly not a consistent thing as you're like conceptualizing this idea and talking about it. Is there any like worry that like, are people going to get what this is? Or was it just like, once people understand this and once they try it, they're going to go for it. Sure. It's, it's, no, that's a great question. I think that right before COVID hit, we opened in March of 2020, like a week before COVID shut down. So, but during that time, I felt like there was a lot of bartenders across the country that were really starting to get into this. And, and we had started doing it in 2018 and just kind of playing around with it. And it got to the point where like, wow, we could probably, you know, make somewhat of a concept off this, you know, just kind of like, this is something that might work. But if you have to dare to be different though, I mean, that's one of the things about this business. It's, Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, pot, the, co- the ice cream cocktails have done well, mm-hmm. I would think. Um, and they're really fun. You know, the, we build, you know, we have one that's a Bananas Foster that it tastes just like the dessert, but it's in cocktail form that has a big banana dolphin sticking out of it. And uh, it's, which means a banana that looks like a dolphin. Right. Uh, which is uh, really silly. Um, and then we also do like extremely more cocktail focused ones that are free cocktail drinkers. So we have a Negroni um, float, and then we also have a float with uh, Blood Orange Sorbet that has you know that's a lot. It tastes you know not too overly sweet. A lot of times people hear ice cream cocktails are like, oh, that's going to be so sweet. It's going to give me a stomach ache. We wanted to you know all of our cocktails are built like cocktails. They're not you know the a lot of times you see like the Baileys and Oreo cookies and mm-hmm. that kind of like, you know, hot fudge and, you know, that stuff's mm-hmm. great, but we wanted to focus way more on the cocktail side of things. So, um, you know, we, we did our own rendition on the grasshopper and the pink squirrel, which are two very famous 1950s cocktails. So it kind of fit that vibe. Um, and then also, but, you know, back in those days they used very, um, you know, just terrible ingredients. I mean, it was just, like, you know, all that fake, you know, you know, sour mix. And the 50s are kind of considered the dark age of cocktails. And but there's some really cool stuff. If you look between the lines, like the grasshopper, the pink squirrel, the amaretto sour. And there's been a couple really interesting bartenders who have taken them and kind of, you know, turned them into new age cocktails. And they're really, really good. And mm-hmm. so we wanted to do our rendition of that um, and kind of bring those back into the forefront. You know, I love it. I think you guys have done an excellent job. I want to go back to as you're kind of conceptualizing the restaurant and bringing it together, I think it's interesting to look at Fizzy's and compare it to Night Owl because I feel like if I were just, if I just moved to Omaha and had no understanding of the background, I don't think if I visited those two places, I would necessarily know that they were owned by the same people. But when, because they are very different experiences, but when I know that, I can start to see a couple things here and there. There's definitely that same attitude. There's a little bit of edge to it. It's all about fun. The cocktail is the the highlight. So as you're kind of establishing fizzies and figuring out what this is going to be, how did you decide these are things that we want to be similar to Night Owl that we really like, but we also want to establish fizzies as its own thing? That was something we absolutely thought about it. We, we didn't want it to be exactly like Night Owl, like you were saying, but we do want that common thread of branding to go throughout our establishments. Um, and you're like many people have said, now that I know you own both, now I totally see that right. it's you. Like, I can see the personality in both being very similar. Um, so we, we wanted to hold on to that. We wanted something totally different. We did not want it to be Night Owl 2.0. We wanted to go for... Yeah, we wanted another form of fun. We wanted to basically, you know, we we were just talking about this. We were kind of evolving as how you know we had kids and we we you know cut down drinking obviously and and so like we wanted a more you know not to you know no nothing against Blackstone but our clientele down there is younger Mm -hmm. and that's totally fine. But like we wanted Little Bohemia and Fizzies to really have that where you can come you know as an adult and drink thirties to forties. I mean that's really the demographic we were going for or late twenties. You know. Um, and so that kind of where that really it reflected in fizzies yeah. where we were in our life. You yeah, know? no, for sure. We really, designed yeah. Night Owl like in our twenties, early thirties mindset of like, let's go out, let's have fun. We want to eat good food and have good cocktails. And then I think with fizzies, we designed it as like, 
laid back, just relaxed. A date, a date spot. It, like a, very, a date yeah. spot. Yeah, a very, you know, we had a feeling yeah. fizzies would be a good date night, um, which we see a lot of, a lot of first dates. Oh, yeah? Yes. Always good stories. There. Tons yeah. of first dates. Can which I, I think can, would can be Can I get perfect. one good story? Um, our, bar, our bartenders would know a lot more. Okay. Well, okay, I, okay, did, fair, well fair, I do fair, have fair. one. I do have one. Okay. <laughs> so we had um, a date. A man and a woman come in, and um, the woman, she was gushing about this is her first time at Fizzy's, and she's like, we just met online, and we're having our first date and everything, and they were really, really nice, very complimentary of the bar, and a few weeks later, that same guy came back with a different woman, and that woman's like, hey, have you been here? He's like, yeah, no, no, I've never been here. Oh, boy. I, I, it's like, I it's okay, so you could go on another date. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not that wanted, big of a deal. You know, yeah. I played dumb and, like, you know, didn't say. Well, in, at least in that guy's mind, you know that you're established as an awesome first date spot. Yeah. Because he yeah. keeps running the yeah, same play again and again. He brings his first dates there. Yeah, I was totally flattered. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, you know, that's another thing about trying to be original, right, and trying to figure out, you know, how we fit, and, you know, what our concept truly is. And we wanted a place where you could get dessert late, too, and so we do pies. Yeah. You know, that Monica Ortiz is a dear friend of ours, and she's worked with us for like 10 years. And she's an amazing baker, and, and you know, she does the pies. So we wanted people to come in, you know, a lot of times in Omaha, I felt like. We have no, this problem in Portland, yeah, too, where we live there. Nobody serves good dessert late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like if you like after a post dinner date or, you know, if you're after a movie and you don't want to go home yeah. right away, like we were always like, Hey, let's go get some, you know, sweet to eat with a cocktail or with a cocktail really or whatever. No and there was really not a lot of those. So we're hoping that catches on too. But yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's, 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 as far as night out, I mean, we, we, there, we try to compare them and it's like apples and oranges really, mm-hmm. you know, I th- I don't know if people, there are some people that get it right off the bat, but, I think more people is like what Katie said. They're like, oh, okay, this makes sense now that I know. But I don't think they're necessarily going to know when they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. At least hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, One connection that I think people could potentially make is the burgers. Because they are not oh, right. they're, they're not identical, but they're very similar in that you guys use those smash patties. And I'm not sure what it is, but I actually like Fizzy's Burger a little bit better. And it is one of my absolute favorites in Omaha. I could eat that thing. Well, if I ate it every day, I wouldn't be here for very long. But flavor-wise, I could eat it every single day. So I want to kind of – I mean, there are several things that make that burger great. It's not just the smash patties. But I would love for you guys as food experts to kind of tell me, like, what is the magic to you behind the smash patty? What was the idea behind using that method? And, and what is it about smashing those patties that makes that burger so great? Sure. Um, it's the simplicity is – the simplicity is everything. So it seemed like back, I don't I want to say five or six years ago, everybody wanted these loaded, crazy burgers, mm-hmm. and like, you know, a hundred ingredients and all this stuff. And that's what we did at night. All that's what we focused on. And that's great. There's definitely room for that. But we wanted just, I wanted to create a diner burger that just was super simple, that carried all the important flavors. And then also, you know, we do our pickles from scratch. So we, you know, we house brine our pickles um, and we use American cheese, which is the only cheese to use on a burger because it's got that melty, gooey, you know, gooeyness. And then you just, you know, heavy salt on the grill, and it gives that char on the outside while not overcooking it on the, in the inside. And then, you know, we made a Dijonese, which is, you know, a combination of aioli and, and Dijon mustard and lemon juice. Mm. So, so it's a little bit of acid, you know. Um, and that really carries the burger, I think. It doesn't overwhelm the taste of the beef, but yet it, like, complements it very well. So, like, you have to think about every single aspect of what you're doing. And then I low shredded lettuce. Oh, and so Because you actually get a crunch, you know, when you eat it. And I, I don't, for some reason, a lot of people don't eat it. I mean, you see it at, like, Mexican restaurants a lot, um, Americanized Mexican restaurants. But, you know, we, we've always loved the shredders because um, it gives that certain kind of texture to the burger. So it's just, you know, it's very simple in its foundation, but that's what I think makes it so good. And we agree, like, we, nothing against Anybody from Night Owls listening to this employees, <laughs> I think it gets, you know, that's another thing is that those have became very popular recently. You know, smat like these super simple diner burgers. That's what everybody wants now because they just have so much more flavor, mm-hmm. in our opinion, you know. And we used to, at Night Owl, we used to cook those giant steak burgers almost. Like, I don't, I don't know if you ever ate there back then. 
Um, but we had to change it because, um, you know, we, we love that idea. We used to cook a half pound of Wagyu beef and we cook it perfectly medium. So it was pink in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, you're eating a steak on a burger, you know, it was very, and that's a very kind of old school way of cooking burgers, but it got to the point where people would, we'd send them out and then people would be like, this isn't cooked enough. And we're like, and you know, and it's like, we always were very, you know, it was very strange for us because it's like the beef state, you know? Like, if, it, <laughs> if anyone you know, should it, get it, is, it should is, be these Yeah, people. yeah, and it wasn't like, you know, it's not it's not whatever. It's not, uh, you know, rolled chuck, you know, from, like, the worst beef purveyor. It's, like, the best beef you can get. Yeah, so it's right. obviously very safe to eat medium. And, uh, you know, and it, those burgers were my personal favorite. But, you know, it just got to the point where, like, we're, you know, we're sending out all these really expensive beef patties, and there's too many are getting set back. So that's why during COVID we flipped over to that, to that. Uh, Cause we always had a mm. double, we had a secret burger on the menu at night owl and it was our double. Yeah. Mm. That came to fizzies. That ended up, and that, that, that was kind slightly. of the, that was when I modified it to bring it to fizzies. Cause we had experimented with it. And so a lot of service industry people would come in and get the double instead of the thick burger. Cause it was something different and it switched things up and people really, you know, were like, Oh my gosh, that's so much better and blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody has, it's like barbecue. Everybody argues about what's best. And, right. You know, or what. No two palates yes, are the same. Right, right. Burgers. And everybody has their preferences, you know. I personally really enjoyed those early years at Night Out when those burgers. But, you know, they, they're they hard to cook. They're like cooking a steak. Yeah. I mean, on a flat top, cooking a half pound of, you know, getting it medium is, is a trick. Um, and it was, uh, those were <laughs> crazy. Well, because our, you know, our intention was always like, well, you know, if it takes 40 minutes to get a burger, you can sit and have a cocktail and nobody cared because it was worth it, you know, for a lot of people. But yeah, burgers are, it's hard to stand out. You know, I think there's just so many on the market now that, you know, I, that's why just the simplicity is what kind of, I think separated us. Hey there listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. I don't know about you, dear listener, but I like to know where my food comes from. I love when restaurant menus list all the different producers and farms where their meats, cheeses, and vegetables arrive from. It gives me confidence that I'm eating a quality product because the restaurant is proud to attach its name to the brand. The same goes for beef, and that's one of the main reasons why I love certified Piedmontese. Certified Piedmontese is farm-to-fork traceable as it purchases its cattle from a trusted network of family ranches in the Midwest. All certified Piedmontese beef is raised without hormones, steroids, or antibiotics, and it's 100% source verified by Where Food Comes From Incorporated. And when you buy certified Piedmontese, you know where your food is coming from and why it tastes so good. Place your order today on Piedmontese.com with my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, and feast on delicious, safe cuts of beef with confidence. And now, back to my guest. This is a refrain that I hear time and time again on these podcasts, whether it comes to tacos or cheese pizza or like when you have great base ingredients and you know how to cook them really well, right. you don't need to hide them yes. against right. a, a, with a, just a bunch of stuff on top, a bunch of like stunt ingredients. You just right. let the beef and the bun yes. and those base ingredients really speak for themselves. And that's all you need. Don't bury the flavor. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. If you, if you bite into a burger and can't taste beef, there might yes. be a problem. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. And that's that's a huge deal. Um, and it just it makes such a huge difference. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. It really does. So I wanted to touch on the cocktail menu because I feel like I maybe didn't give enough time to that on the Night Owl episode last time. But what I loved, and this is something that I hadn't done before researching this episode, but something that I noticed is it would have been really easy for you guys to take like some of the greatest hits off Night Owl's menu and just transfer them over to Fizzy's. Oh, like last yeah. time we talked about the popularity of the Time Lord. We mm-hmm. talked about how great you guys old fashioned is. Like those drinks would have sold amazingly at Fizzy's, sure. but you didn't just use those. In fact, those are not on the menu at Fizzy's, but you've got a whole new roster of drinks and they're, I think they kind of fit the vibe a little bit more. It's kind of more of a, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in this, but even just reading the names here, like Blue Hawaiian Slushy, Cabana Handstand, uh, Island Boy, like there's kind of more of like a summer, like, sure. I don't know, like warm vibe to it somehow. Like, how did you establish this cocktail menu outside of the ice cream? Because obviously that's something totally unique and different unto its own. But just these house cocktails, how did you establish this menu at Fizzy's? 
Sure. So we, uh, Fizzies has been kind of interesting because the whole point is just like NetA, we have a new staff. So we get all together and we, you know, basically build cocktails by community. And, you know, I, a lot of the kids that are there now, I shouldn't say kids, sorry. <laughs> kids to us. Um, they, you know, they're learning. And so they're, and they're doing a great job. They're all very passionate about it. So that, so the first thing you want to do is make sure you tap into that and get all their ideas. Um, and we assigned some cocktails, but you know, a lot of those are, you know, Tiki was originated in the fifties. It was a, originally a fifties thing that you know, a lot of people don't realize that. So it, it makes sense for us to have a, a, like the Island boy, which is, you know, a very kind of our take on a traditional Tiki drink and it's in a big hurricane glass. It's very pretty. Um, and you know, a couple others that you mentioned, you know, it's trying to find what fits with, you know, we wanted fizzies to be very whimsical and kind of fun. So like big garnishes and cause we actually have time to build that stuff at fizzies as a put, cause it's a little bit more of table service there, even though there's telephones like night owl is like, Oh my gosh, get it out. Cause there's a line of people waiting and it's kind of a little bit more. We can't, we don't have a lot of the freedom, I guess that we do at fizzies. So that allowed us to like get a little bit more into glassware and um, garnish work and stuff like that. And, and, uh, we just, you just have fun with it, you know, like figure out flavors that work. Mezcal is really popular right now. So we have a, I think our most popular cocktail is a Sonoran Snapdragon. Um, and that's like a Mezcal margarita variation that's really popular and that's really good. Um, but the Blue Hawaiian, that is a take on a 50s cocktail again. So that was a very famous, they call it a swimming pool cocktail. And it was like sour mix and, you know, just crazy sweet. Like coconut, it's basically a pina colada with blue carousel. And, you know, blue carousel um, is just, it makes the whole drink blue. And that's kind of starting to make a resurgence. So we're like, hey, this is a 50s bar. We need to use blue carousel. So it's stuff like that that kind of, you know, just doing cocktail research and then trying to come up with new ideas. And it's always, you know, being such a different concept, we had to go completely different with the cocktails. Or, you know, try to go pretty far away from what we do at Night Owl. Um, and I think, you know, so far so good. It's been, it's been really fun working with everybody and, um, and Johnny Corbett's is our manager. He's doing a great job. And he's, uh, he was at Acheron for years, mm, okay. um, as a server and, um, and who else? And I mean, everybody's just, uh, you know, it's really fun that we took a big trip to new Orleans. We went to all the like old cocktail bars. And so I think they learned a lot from that. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just a fun trip. Hopefully there was a little bit of learning. Too. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But So actually tell me about that because that's something I wanted to ask you about later, but we're here. So let's just talk about it. What made like, that's very unique to close for, I think it was about a week or at least several days and take your entire staff on a trip. What was, what was the thinking behind that? And, or, or how did you guys start doing that? Well, we first did it in 2018 with uh, Night Owl staff before we had fizzies and we took everybody down to New Orleans and uh, it is total R&D. Try to make it educational. Noah and I created an agenda of certain places. A drinking agenda. A drinking and eating (laughs) agenda. No joke. It was emailed to everybody. This is where we're going. This is what we want to try here. This is why this particular place is significant. And we got to eat this burger here, you know, whatever. And it accomplishes a lot, like trying new drinks, trying new food, getting exposed to how other bars do service. What's the culture like in New Orleans, which is a great cocktail city, great food city, so vibrant and it was super successful and when it brings the staff together it brings the staff together and uh we wanted to do it for fizzies um you know because it's been hard down there like we opened a week before the shutdown like we had to build a customer base during a global pandemic like how does one do that there's no uh there's no handbook there's no handbook (laughs) for how to do that Um, so it's been through a lot, but I feel like it's still been successful. There's a lot of positivity and the staff have really stuck together and, um, it was just, uh, their time to have their trip to New Orleans last month. I mean, we, and we also do this thing where we put all of our Southwest cards and we're able to get people to go down there. Restaurant owners. Yeah, we use our (laughs) miles. So we just put all of our food on to a credit card and we're able to fly everybody down there for free. 
which is huge. That's genius. Yeah, we, we'd never be able to afford that. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, we, have, we, have, we have airline miles. Thank we you, have, Southwest. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, so just a shout out there. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, you know, that would be like, what, 10 grand? I so. don't even know. Yeah. I'm afraid to know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we just went down there with the, with the whole staff, and uh, that was a blast. And, um, you know, cocktails are are fun there you know there's so many different things you can do and it's just like cooking i mean it just there's never ending ideas and there's always people coming out with new stuff obviously and um you know trying to stay on top of that and always keep it fresh is i think the number one thing Mm -hmm. and seasonally or you know yeah i think it's super cool that you guys did that even if it was just for the community aspect and kind of building the team building camaraderie rewarding and thanking those people that would be awesome but that you're using it as an educational experience too i think is an added bonus and you're completely right yeah i mean that was for the staff for all their hard work i mean that's obviously like a bonus Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's and that's number one for us and i think that being such a new staff and kind of getting to know each other and then being able to put in that situation Everybody did great. Nobody got arrested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's yeah. always a positive. Yes. No arrest. Yes. Nobody uh nobody hurt themselves. Nobody yeah. lost anything. They're all they're all like very, very They all made it back very, in one piece. Yeah. <laughs> very responsible. Probably more responsible than I was on the trip, actually. I can see you guys doing like the home alone thing. You're like on the bus <laughs> counting count everybody and you're like, Oh, do we have Kevin? Yeah. Where's Kevin? We're doing head yeah, it's like like talk about hurting cats. Yeah. <laughs> they're with uh, you know, whatever, ten 10 bartenders and like four cooks. Yeah. It's a little terrifying. (laughs) All right. One last food related thing I have to ask you guys about before we get into more of the history of fizzies. And that is brunch. Most restaurants or at least most cooks at restaurants that I've talked to hate doing brunch because they work, they work super hard Friday night. They work super hard Saturday night. They get slammed. The last thing they want to do is turn around on Sunday and have another service, especially, I don't know if if Omaha loves brunch more than other places, but for whatever reason, this city loves its brunch. People love to go yes. out for brunch. So a lot of places, I feel like, did brunch pre-COVID and then just kind of never brought it back. Like, that was almost their excuse not to have it anymore. <laughs> but you guys not only do brunch every Sunday, but you heavily promote it. You have specials. That's oh, something right. on social media that you're hammering. You're like, hey, come out to brunch. It's going to yeah. be a blast. What is it about you guys? Like, why is it important for you to offer the hangover brunch? What what helps establish that fizzy's vibe? Sure. Um, we, you know, I always said that I would never do a brunch. Yeah, no, <laughs> so nobody to kill Co- me when Co- I suggested uh, a hangover brunch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was, was that your idea originally to do well, that? Or we, we always kind we of talked, always about, talked it. about it, but you were just like, oh, brunch, you know, you weren't. Well, really it's really hard to talk idea. people to get in, getting up at, you know, seven or eight right, right. yeah it's not it's not an easy task and it's just always then you always end up stuck down there or something but yeah so we made a lot of concessions where you know it was 21 and over we wanted to do more of like you know an adult brunch and uh when we, when we first opened it mikey philbin uh started all that and he's now a boiler room and he we developed a menu together and did a great job um and now uh david megan who works for us is helping out a lot and he's doing great and he's actually running the whole kitchen and he's doing a fantastic job um, but he, uh, you know, we just bounce ideas off each other. And the whole point is to get people in there and have cocktails and, you know, and service industry. So we cater to service industry. It's kind of a thing. And we stay open later. So that's kind of what I'm getting to. Like we open at 11 instead of eight. And then we only go till, and then we go a little later till three. So then all the people that are crawling out of bed at noon or one, they don't have to rush to get down to it. Cause usually brunch is close at two mm-hmm. or, I mean, usually, or even one sometimes. So. You know, that was important to us to stay up, like open a little later and then stay open a little later. And then our employees aren't feeling like they have to, you know, get up at six in the morning. Um, you know, especially the ones who have to close the night mm-hmm. before sometimes if they have to cover a shift or so. And what's what happened was, I think just with those hours and kind of the vibe is that they love working brunch. So we're very lucky. I don't know where we found these people, yeah. but we're very the energy. <laughs> I feel like I don't go to hangover brunch very often because it's Sunday and we have kids. But the times that I've been in there, the energy in there is kind of off the charts. I was really it's a whole other energy. It's a whole other energy. It's especially on a nice day when the windows are open and it's bright in there and everybody's got cocktail and the music's a little different on Sundays and a little louder. It's a little louder. A little, you know. It just I don't know. The energy is really, really good. 
I'm going to surprise you guys with a statement here. You say like your brunch is mostly for people who are like dragging themselves out of bed late. Another demographic that you hit is church employees, of oh, which I am one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I work Sunday that. mornings, so I don't get to go oh, to brunch most right. of the time. But if brunch can be at two or at three, hey, yeah. then I'm there. So that there you works. go. You're saving the Omaha that's church demographic that's, as well. That's, yeah, that's right. the word. That's, that's great. what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very cool. All right, so let's get into the history of fizzies a little bit here. And it's been mentioned a couple times, but, I mean, just the unbelievably unfortunate timing. Back in 2019, just days after you guys opened is when the COVID shutdowns started to happen in Omaha. I think you were only able to have, like, what, four or five days? Yeah, Yeah, one week week of service before you had to start doing curbside. So... As painful as this might be, take me back to that moment and kind of tell me, like, as that's going down, totally separate from Night Owl, because I know you guys are developing a plan for Night Owl, too, but Fizzy's is is its own thing. How do you start to just internalize what's going on and say, okay, this is what's happening. This sucks, but we have to respond to it somehow. And how do you start building a plan? Oh, my God. How did that go? Oh, it was... uh, I. Try to compartmentalize it, but yeah. Well, we <laughs> no, knew no, how it, to activate. It was surreal. It we, was surreal. Yeah, yeah. we I knew mean. how to activate Night Owl to start. So shutdown happened, and we closed the bars, and we got rid of product, and basically gave our staff groceries, and we didn't know what was going to happen. And then about a week went by, and we're like, okay, we got to start doing this curbside thing, or you know. So we we got that bar ball rolling night owl, at Night Owl. At night owl. Right. Right. And then we, once we got that kind of figured out, we were like, okay, now what are we going to do with fizzies? Because it's so new. It's in a new neighborhood. Well, newly redeveloped neighborhood. Right, in Little Bohemia. In yes. Little Bohemia. Um, so we didn't even really know quite how to tackle that. But we started with some pop-up events, curbside events. The first one we did, I can't remember when we did it, we did a ice cream social distance and it was really successful. We yeah. had the windows open. It was spring, so we had the windows open, and we were, like, putting orders out through the window, and people could still kind of peek in, and um, we did a couple of those, and then... Just to be like, hey, we're here. Mm-hmm. Yes, you we're know, wait, here. We're, we're out here. You know, don't forget yeah. about us trying to just get out in the ether. But, you know, at that time, nobody really cared about what was going on. You know, I mean, it was kind of silly to even try to advertise. It was very strange because you... You don't want to come across as like, oh, hey, come down here and you don't want to be risk your deaf. health. And, yeah. you know, that's, and I think that's one of the biggest issues that, you know, restaurant owners and managers had during this whole time. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well, I'm trying to take care of my employees and I'm trying to, you know, take care of our family, you know, or whatever, our yes. livelihood. And it's like, what, I'm, what are you supposed to do? What's the mm-hmm. appropriate you know, that, way, to what's appropriate way to market yourself yeah. when yeah. there's serious issues going on and people right. are like, I don't care about your burger special. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't need... A milkshake right now. It's like, it seems very, it seems almost, you know, trivial Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. at that point. So, But it's not trivial. It's your livelihood. I, oh, I, know, right. I, know that, right. I know that, you know, you guys are saying you don't want to make it seem like that on social media, and I totally get that. But, like, yeah, it's finding that balance between saying, yeah, we want to protect people. We want people to be safe. But also, we've put a ton of time and money yes. into oh, these establishments. Right. We have yes. to find a way to sell food, too. Yes. No, exactly. And that's what made it so, you know, it's such an interesting time. You know, and then once you found out, you know, how to do it safely, and then that's, you know, it got a little better, I guess. I mean, the whole the whole point was just keeping your doors open, right? Yeah. And so I remember a surreal, you know, moment. I always tell this story is that we have an old 50s jukebox and fizzies. And so when we were closed down, we were closed for like three months, I think, when we first. Yeah, we did a it was such a new neighborhood, and we, and we just did like a pop-up every we did other a week or pop-ups. maybe once a month. And uh, so, like, that was kind of my getaway. I could go down there. And get out of the house and, like, kind of, like, you know, go down there and look around. And it was so weird because it was a time capsule already. Mm-hmm. So I just sit in there and have a drink and listen to the jukebox about myself. Everybody's like, that's so depressing. I'm like, actually, it's <laughs> kind of therapeutic. It yeah. A, yeah, it was kind of therapeutic in a very strange way. So, um, you know, those were, you know, you look outside and it was just desolate. And then you're in, uh, you're in a time capsule already. It was a very surreal feeling mm-hmm. as you could, because, you know. It's very strange getting a restaurant, like getting a bar open and then, you know, slamming on the brakes. Well, it took and two years. We worked on Fizzies for two years, right? Maybe yeah, a well, the concept, yeah. Like, I mean, the build-out went fast, but I'm talking just getting the building. And yeah. It was an old building, so it took a long time to, to flip, 
you know? Yeah. And so for, I mean, for, our, for the developers that, you know, are landlords and stuff. So it was this long process of dreaming and thinking and, you know, everything that we put into it, we were so excited to open and finally get the doors open, show everybody what we've been working on. And then boom, <laughs> you can't be open. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you just, you know, the whole thing for us was just, we just had to just, no matter how hard it was, we just kept moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, you just have to like, you know, and we, you know, we called other people in the industry and a lot of people called us and we were able to, you know, we able to communicate and be like, Hey, how are you navigating this? How are you navigating unemployment? How are you navigating all these government loans? You know, this is all, you know, we're just, we're restaurant bar people. We're not, <laughs> you know, like we're, we're not people that ever have had to, you know, be the, you know, control environments where there's a pandemic and people coming without masks or, you know, dealing with all these unemployment issues or all these giant government, you know, crazy, you know, loan forms. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was a lot to figure out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely was. Well, that's something that it kind of touches on something we talked about in the last episode where we talked about collaboration and pop-ups and working together with other restaurants. How important was it for you guys to have those relationships established already where, you could lean on other restaurants or, or gain insights from other bars or maybe bounce ideas off one another to kind of help weather that incredible storm. Oh, huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, and that's where like, you know, the term community comes in so important, you know, cause that's, that's everything really. I mean, we, you have to be able to, you know, Hey, how are you doing? Cause so many people are going to have so many different angles on how to figure out a problem. And so like more people you talk to, obviously the more insight you're going to get. So mm-hmm. that really was huge. I think mm-hmm. for the, for the whole community, you know, sure. yeah. Yeah. It was really fun for me as a diner. I'm sure it wasn't fun for you guys, but <laughs> one little fun aspect of this as a diner was seeing how different restaurants responded and the creative things that they did to, to still get food out there. Mm-hmm. Like having, you know, the, the socially distanced Sunday, so, like, you saw pizza places doing pizza kits to go. Uh, Block 16 yeah, yeah. did a couple, like, I remember they did, like, a wing fight where you voted for your favorite right. wings, Great stuff idea. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Do did Fromos, the frozen Momos. Right. One of my favorites that I saw was you guys did TV dinners to go, oh, which yeah. just fits the theme, the theme of Fizzy so perfectly. It's right. just, like, that 50s vibe mm-hmm. TV dinners. So, you guys were doing, like, Carnitas tacos, homemade raviolis, uh, ribs, duck confit tamale. I mean, still elevated food, but served in kind of like a fun way. How did you come up with that idea? Or maybe just other ideas like the socially distanced uh, ice cream social to to keep getting people interested in a safe way? Yeah, Yeah, it was a constant brainstorm of like, what can we do that's safe? That's interesting, yet it's on brand for us. Mm-hmm. That's that, not too totally off the charts of what Fizzy's is. And that's a, and, and what travels well. So and what right. travels, and travels well. And yeah. so we um I need to give a shout out to Martin McDonald who has been was with us for a long time and he was during he ran Fizzy's kitchen during this whole time. And we would uh bounce ideas off each other and it's like what can we put in these packages? Because you know, I think that one of the big problems with I think everybody wanted to support restaurants during during the shutdown, but people were just sick of eating out of a to-go box because mm-hmm. the food quality is just never going to be as good as when you eat in a restaurant. And you know, and some people had to have to drive a long ways to get mm-hmm. to a place. And so I think that was a, you know one of those things that was kind of tricky mm-hmm. <laughs> figuring out. Like you know, so tacos is is pretty easy, but you know, nothing fried because everything fried is always you know fries die on the way. And home. so yeah. that's why you know when we a lot of our food at night out, especially like we don't like to necessarily, we started kind of COVID taught us a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. It really taught us how to do takeout better, like doing sauce wings on the side or wings for sauce on the side. So they don't get soggy on the wings, stuff like that. Because, you know, fried food is just, you know, people get home. They're like, my fries are soggy and cold. I'm like, well, <laughs> what do you want us to do? <laughs> yes. It's the nature of the food item. Yeah, yeah, no, maybe like, don't order right. fries and take yeah, them home. No, yeah. no. Exactly. Right. I mean, you want, when you eat fries, you want a fresh, you know, yeah, or right. like, you know, or you're in a drive through and you're like eating them on your way home, which uh-huh. is what everybody does, yeah. when you know, so, you know, that was one of those things that was tricky to figure out, but I, you know, that's everybody, you know, I think figured out a way to, you know, take what they knew and their menu and then, you know, apply that to takeout. That's all you could really do. 
mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then just promotion was the hardest thing for us, I think, like trying to figure out like what will get, you know, people to, and, you know, we did at night out, we did the notes for everybody. And that was really, uh, we had a couple of employees that came up with a great idea to put notes in every to go box. That was very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, very personalized. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and fizzies, we didn't really start doing curbside until we opened for 50%. Well, we? we did a few curbside events and then I think we opened at 50%. like 50% capacity for in July time, of 2020. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But then you have to learn how to do online ordering and you have to learn yeah. how to do, because these are all stuff that we never, I mean, I've always, no the offense to anybody, I've just never, I could not stand to go. Like I, it's always kind of a pain. You essentially change your business model. You change, right. yeah, and, and like so, we have to like, change. Just yeah. started, uh-huh. <laughs> and then yeah. it's like, okay, now we got to pivot. Because we are bars, you know, we're not known for takeout food, like, right? You call, okay, every once in a while, people will call and be like, oh, I need to, you know, I'll yeah. take a burger to go, and which you know. But we build fizzies to be obviously you come in, it's the ambiance. Right. Right. Like, we have experience. You can't bars. experience yeah. fizzies unless you're like sitting in there. We don't want you to, you know, and then now you got to take it home and. So that was really challenging. Here we built this beautiful bar, and then no one can come sit in it. it. Except for Noah. Except for Noah. sitting in there with the jukebox by (laughs) himself. (laughs) Being sad. Sounds so depressing. (laughs) So last depressing thing before we get get into more fun things. But, But I do think this is really important because, Noah, it was something that you put out. I believe this was on a Facebook post. It really opened my eyes. Like, I knew... And I think we all as diners knew like restaurants are struggling. We need to help restaurants and everything. But you put out a post in December of 2020 that said, I'm sounding the alarm. Your favorite local bars and restaurants are on the brink of closing within two to three months. Don't wind up being someone who wishes they should have supported more before it's too late. If you want to hang out at your favorite spots when this is all over, please step up and do your part now if you can afford to. Please share this. Much love. That was huge for me. That like that made it like I knew it was real, but that made it like real, real. Where I was like, "Oh shoot!" Like, yeah, th- th- this is this is th- this could be really bad. What made you decide to post that message? Yeah, I, you know, to be honest, it was just hearing about all my friends struggling, which was really, you know, or we're just, you know, everybody you talk to was like, "Man, I don't know if we're gonna make it," or like a lot of people in town. And that was right before, you know, Congress it didn't look like Congress was going to pass any help for small businesses. I think that was in the, that was in November of last year, wasn't it? I don't remember. I don't was, remember the exact. Yeah, I, <laughs> it all it was, runs together. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, we. It, I felt like we kind of talked about it, and we, we felt like, and I, I had all these things on my mind, and on, on you know, what can we do, or how can we just help, you know, to get people, you know, and us some business. And it was mainly for, you know, it was all the community. It had nothing to do with Night Owl and nothing to do with Fizzies. It was all for like, hey, this is this is how serious this is. And sometimes you have to like really shock people. Right. Yeah. And like I felt, you know, and I didn't, you know, when you write something like that, you have to kind of know you have to have the right tone and you have to make sure that you're, a, you know, you're talking to all people and not being offensive or not feeling like. And, you know, that was something that we felt at the, it was important at the time. And I just, I drafted it and like, I was just like, <laughs> I was, you know, I had a lot on my mind, obviously. And then she just kind of, she proofed right it for me and helped me out because she's really good at that. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to put it out. And um, I think that, you know, hopefully it gave everybody a little jolt of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of positivity, you know, and especially in the industry. Because mm-hmm. um, that was just such, that was like a really kind of dark time. Because that was like, yeah. that's when everybody's, everybody was struggling. The business was really slow. And then it was like, Oh, they're not going to, you know, pass anything, any bill anymore. It wasn't feeling, you know, funding in Congress. And, you know, it would just kind of felt really dire because there was, and there was so much stuff coming. That was like when so many places in New York were closing. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there was so many places all across the country that were closing at that point. Um, So that was, yeah, that was pretty crazy time. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I mean, it, it resonated so well. I just, I remember that specific message. And that was like one of the first things I wanted to talk about today as I put, kind of thought about what we were going to discuss, because I remember, you know, obviously I'm huge into Omaha foods. I was constantly posting about my different takeout experiences and everything. But the thing that got the most reaction was I took a screenshot of that Facebook post and put it on Twitter. And I was like, guys, this is the reality. 
If you right. like, th- this is from somebody in the industry. This isn't just some goober who eats out a lot. Th- 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 this is someone who's living it and whose livelihood is being affected. If you don't support your local restaurant, whether that's getting gift cards, getting merchandise, getting food, right. whatever it is, they might not be back when this all comes mm-hmm. back right. to normal. So thank you for being brave and, and stepping out and doing that. Cause I'm sure that wasn't easy to draft and do. And yeah. And in a lot of ways, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to our customers, obviously. I mean, that's everything because, you know, usually we take care of them, but they took care of us, you know, and I think that was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, we had so many people that, that we were so fortunate to have, the regulars oh, yeah. that came and got food twice a week that I cannot give them, you know, I mean, that's the reason why this all kind of worked. Mm-hmm. And then I think almost every, probably every business owner can say that, that has stuck around, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, I mean, anything else you want to say about it? I'm nope. talking too much. Nope. Let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. get, let's, let's get off the sadness. Let's flip that on its head and turn to no, something happy. <laughs> Obviously, you know, things kind of started to open back up. There was 50% capacity, you know, all, all that. But at least according to social media, June 4th, 2021 was when Fizzy's like officially had a grand reopening. So there's this thing that you've been conceptualizing for years. You finally get to open it. There's a shutdown, you do to-goes, you do online ordering, but that's all frustrating. But now you finally get to, like, unveil for real this shiny toy that you are so excited about to the public. Just (laughs) what do you guys remember about that day? Yeah. um, No, and we we just kind of did all of our our stuff where we – I mean, we wanted to make it about the staff. I mean, that was the Mm -hmm. main thing because the staff had been through a lot at that point, and we felt like we were finally coming out of it a little bit. And so we, you know, we had them, we took a lot of their ideas and what we should do. And um, we, it turned out to be really fun. It was night. a great night. Yeah, very I, successful. I think it was. Yeah, I think yeah, that was one of successful. our. successful. We called it the grand opening because that's a very Nebraska. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ope, you know, that's a Nebraska thing. Ope, uh, <laughs> grand opening. Uh, you guys are good with the puns. I, <laughs> We're all of very the clever. puns, alliteration. I love it. Bad jokes. Dad jokes. Yeah, we have a lot of bad jokes. Anybody who knows yeah. me. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, that was that was kind of a time where we're like, oh, man, we might actually get through this, you know. Mm-hmm. And because uh, what was strange about Fizzy's is that Fizzy's never um, qualified for any government assistance. You because were when we opened. Yeah. So we were in that weird, oh, we, were, we were in that window where that one month window where you there was no like you couldn't get PPP loans. You couldn't get hardly anything. So, you know, we just <laughs> we made it through. Um, but. You know, that I think that was the culmination of all those feelings in that night, for sure. I think that was like, okay, we can do this, you know, yeah. let's, let's hang on. Yeah. That kind of thing, so. As you got a chance to finally, like, welcome customers for real, I mean, walking into that space, there is just kind of this sense of awe and wonderment, especially the first time. It, it exists every time because it is so different, but that first time you're just like, where am I? Yeah, what right. is, what was it like wanted, for yeah. you guys seeing those faces on the customers for the first time as they walked in. It's amazing to hear the reaction when people walk in. There's an audible, like, you can hear, like, (gasps) you know, especially women, you know, especially women. Um, But there is definitely, you hear it when people walk in. It's the best feeling ever because they get it. You know, they get what we're going for. We wanted that wow factor when people walked in. And we want it to be a little time capsule, but... You know, very bar-like and dark, and um, the response from customers about our aesthetic and the interior has been really great. And there's just been such good feedback from people that really yeah. love it. And speaking of my, you know, my mom. Speaking of women, my mom has a huge part in the design of that place. Mm-hmm. We worked together nonstop. Yes, um, I collected a lot of the stuff for it, but my mom is, you know, she does a lot of the color coordination and that at both night out, the stuff that I'm just like, how did she put these colors together? And like, yeah. how does it look so good? You Cause know? we really like color. Uh-huh. We really want we wanted color. it very bright. We wanted, you know, to, to kind of flip it and do like way brighter furniture as opposed to doing, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of times you see like tan booze or, you know, dark Brown booze. And we wanted to kind of get really crazy with it. And uh, it was able, we were able to kind of, and we're still, the thing about a bar is you can always kind of keep tweaking it. And it's, that's a part of uh, like discovery as we talked about in the last yes. episode. 
So, you know, the more you tweak it, the more people come back. They're like, oh, that's new. I never saw that last time. Wow. Like, and that, you know, a lot of people, you know, tend to rush and like, this is the way it's going to be and we're never going to change it. People love to see those subtle changes. What are some other subtle changes you guys have made? Oh, we just hanging more art on the wall. Um, Change, rearranging stuff, adding more stuff as we go, more lights, like more just weird stuff that we find. You know, we'll just be out and, or somebody will. I mean, at night out, we have people drop off velvets all the time. And, <laughs> That's awesome. Or mail us velvets. And, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, you know, people that moved out of St. They're like, hey, I was at this, you know, I thought of you shop in Sacramento this. or something. And, we yeah, got we, one that was from somebody. They're like, I found this near a dumpster. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought you would like it. I was like, we'll take that. But it's yeah. a really funny velvet. So, yeah. Who had the idea for the phone ordering system? That, that was you, Katie? Yes. What, where did you come up with that? So my dad used to work at King's, a local um, fast food chain in Omaha in the 60s. And I remember he told me when I was little, like, yeah, I used to work at this place. You called your order in on the phone. And I always thought that was the coolest thing. I was like, oh, I wish I could go to a place like that, you know? And then when we were working on fizzies, like not long actually before we were going to open, I saw a picture of something online of an old diner and a phone. And I said, Noah, oh my gosh, I remember my dad telling me about Kings, you know? I said, we need to, we need to have phones. And we remember those when we were kids at A&W. Because like, we're have old them. enough to, you know, in the 80s, those were kind of prevalent. Um, small towns and stuff. So, But I told Noah, I was like, I really want these phones. He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't even know where we... Like, where do you get one of those? And I think one of the last places in Nebraska that has them is nope. Max Diner out in McCook. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I heard about it, and so Noah went out there and ate the food, and he said it was amazing, and he talked to the manager. Right? The owner. Or the owner. A, a really nice family. They let us go back and, like, play with it, use the system. And uh, there's only – there's only I, I mean, I think there's only one company that still does this, and they – they run, and it was a special order. They had to re, you know, they just had stuff kind of laying around, and they put the system back together because nobody orders these anymore. Yeah, we're the only ones. I think we're the only, <laughs> we're definitely probably the only bar in the country that does this. He's the guy we talked to. He's like, I think you're the only bar that we've Yeah, ever and this with. company, they do like Taco Bell drive-in stuff. They do like all the telecommunication mm-hmm. for, like, you know, for, for drive-ins, like Sonics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was and, the first thing it made me think of. Yeah. Right, and it's this, this, this company, they're really nice people in Oklahoma City, so they had to drive up and install it. Um, and that, and it works great. I mean, you know, the, th- the thing about, you know, phone lines is that they never break down. There's no wireless. The most There's no analog Those things will last. And then we talked to her and out at max forever because we're like, did these, she's like, yeah, we know we hardly are like, and they're really good about troubleshooting problems. It's never like the whole system goes down, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I mean, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a switchboard. It's like a walkie talkie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just basically a walkie talkie so. switchboard. So. That really kind of, you know, after we saw the price, we were like, <laughs> well, if it's going to last and it's really niche and it's something fun, like, right. I think this is worth, you know, we're trying out. And, and people uh, love it. Yeah, no, and it really, and then what's really weird is that that really paid off during COVID because you could socially distance when you're, you could order on the phone without having to talk to a server mm-hmm. or get close to anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that made a lot, in a strange way, that made a lot of people comfortable to come in and eat that would probably not be, you know, normal. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a secret benefit as a diner, like, it, in addition to just kind of the fun of being able to to do right. that and something so unique, is you're never trying to flag down your your server or be like, oh, hey, we would love to get the check or we'd love to get another drink or something. And especially during these times with staffing issues when there might be yes. minimal staff and your right. server is serving a whole section and they right. can't get to you, like, now you can pick up the phone mm-hmm. and have that communication a lot more easily. Yeah, and just a tidbit – Always just feel, anytime anybody comes in, just feel free to pick up the phone. Like, that's all you got to do. I think a lot of people. Oh, for anything. Yeah, like, even for a tab. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. That's why the phone's there. So don't, I think a lot of people are like, I need my tab. And I'm like, well, just use the phone. Yeah. Nicely. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, you know, it's one of those things that. Because it's new. I mean, it's it's new. Yeah, and a lot of, there's a lot of kids that don't even, have never even seen a rotary phone. It's true. You know, so it's very. You know, and I think kids really get a kick out of it, too, because they, you know. Everyone likes to take a picture with the phone. You, I mean, you kind of have <laughs> yeah. to. It's the thing. Yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. right. So I know Fizzy's hasn't been open for very long, especially in its fully realized form. It's, you know, been 
basically less than a year that it's been non-COVID open. But how, even in that short time, how have you kind of seen it evolve and how, how have you guys grown the bar during that time? Um, we've tweaked the menu a lot. We've done a lot of new cocktails and a lot of, uh, and you know, we, we had, I want to say, I mean, we did, we had quite a bit of new staff. We had, we had so many people that just got out of the industry, um, during two thousand early 2021. And so like, we're still evolving as a staff, which has been, you know, really fun. Um, but no, it's, you know, service wise, it's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, we didn't think the phones would work. We had no idea what to do. Once again, we, yeah, I, yeah, no kidding. And I was like, okay, we're going to do it. Yeah, you know, he's I trust so skeptical. Opinion, but, <laughs> I always come around. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, um, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, we're just, we have a lot of new stuff coming up. We're doing going to do pop-ups. Yeah, we could do more events now. now we could do, you know, mm-hmm. now that COVID's out kind that, of, right. that, yeah. yeah, things are better, like, it was so challenging before because you can't really plan ahead because it's like, well, what is it going to be like or what's going to be going on? And we wanted to do a lot of pop-ups and collaboration because, like we talked about with Night Owl, we that's did a lot of that love. in the beginning. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, what we enjoy to do, and it was hard not being able to do that and be creative that way like we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now we, we, we also realize that Little Bohemia is a new neighborhood, so and where it's located and kind of – you know, who's all down there, we found out that events really attract people, you know, because it's a destination place right now. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, that. you know, we're so excited for that neighborhood. And it's, that neighborhood's been through a lot, so much already. Um, and it's only a matter of time, I think, before, you know, the Admiral's getting rebuilt. Or I'm sorry, the Sokol's getting rebuilt as the Admiral down the street. So I think that'll really, you know, help everybody. And we just have such great neighbors down there. So, um, I, you know, we've had a blast working with everybody down oh, there. Oh, yeah. We've created a business association down there. All the business Katie's owners. Katie's been very so, yeah, involved in that. They're all so wonderful. They're wonderful neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And we're doing a big backyard bash soon. Down that we do. Bohemia. We do a big community event and, and right in Dundee Bank, behind Dundee Bank that they just put in. And we'll have cocktails on tap and really good bands and all kinds of fun stuff. So Sounds like a, a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot to... You know, so I think sky's the limit now, as mm-hmm. long as everything can calm down in the yeah. world. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I think we're trending in the right direction. Yes, it seems I, right, like it. Now, right. that could turn at any moment, right. unfortunately, right. as we've seen right. X number of times in the last couple of years. But for the moment, things look positive. Yes, for sure. Now, the last thing that I want to ask you guys about, it's not related to fizzies, but just as two people who are extremely knowledgeable about the hospitality industry in general, I think it would be really helpful for me personally, and just for listeners and diners in general, we hear so often about restaurants and bars having staffing issues. And, and I know I just get asked a lot, and I don't have a good answer to this. Everybody asks me, like, why? Why are places having so much trouble right. finding employees? Why are they having so much trouble finding work? So I just want to pose that question to you guys because I, I've started to bounce that off a couple of different restaurant friends and, and owners and stuff, and I think it's just good for the public to have a knowledge Um so I'll just open it up to you guys. Why do you think that there is just such a staffing problem in the hospitality industry right now? There's a lot of reasons, I think. And I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, so unfortunately, I think the service industry has had kind of a, a tarnished reputation for, you know, leading up before the pandemic for just employees not being treated very well mm-hmm. in a lot of occasions, um, which is super unfortunate. And there's a lot of people trying to, you know, trying to fix that, us being one of them, mm-hmm. you know, um, and also when there was so much, you know, I think during COVID, I think a lot of people, of course it has to do with money. I mean, less customers equals less tips, which means I can't support myself, which means I need to go find another line of work. I mean, that's, you know, that's a big one. Uh, but also like just the fact of people being, you know, put in the front lines of trying to deal with customers right now. Oh yeah. And I mean, and who wants to get yelled at? You know, for yeah, and not and what have you, depending on you know. And I think a lot of people had to really figure out where they draw a line in the sand. Um, and I think you know, it's way deeper than money. It's way deeper than you know. It's, it has a lot to do with just people's well being. You know, and I think that gets I think that gets kind of overlooked a lot. So you know, it's like you know, you can as you can imagine, you know, there's a lot of places that there's probably not a very supportive environment. It's not. 
you know, or people are just not taking COVID seriously or people feel unsafe or, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, a myriad of reasons, but, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, and that's why I think to be completely honest, the people that didn't treat their employees very well before COVID are having the most problems, not all of them. I'm not saying that that's like, right. you know, but I think that's a definite thing. Like, why don't, why can't I find employees? Well, <laughs> you don't have a great reputation. Yeah, right. you don't, you don't. And that really hurt those people, I think, you know, um, and I'm not saying that's for everybody's case. That's not, I mean, we had a situation where we had just, you know, nothing against any of our employees. We're like, we're moving out of state. We're fine. You know, we're, we've just, we've lost two of our best bartenders because they went to get nine to fives, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just people are burned out. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, a big part of it. I mean, we got burned out. So <laughs> well, I think yeah, yeah, right, everybody know, I mean, outside right. of the restaurant industry, like just in general, people got burned out. Yeah. I think this was a huge evaluation period for everyone. I changed jobs during the pandemic. Right. Like, yeah. oh, right. I, I think that there was just a lot of that in general. I think especially for young, you know, we are a very young based, you know, uh, profession. And I think a lot of people are like, I want to go back to school. I like, what am I doing with my life? A lot I want, of reevaluation. You know, a lot of reevaluation. And, you know, and we completely understood that. You know, I mean, that was nothing that was a surprise to us. You know, I mean, those, those are the things that are going to make you think like, man, I should, you know. We've had a lot of, you know, of our employees go back to school, too. Mm-hmm. And we're super supportive of that. Like, yes, please, like, we'll cut your hours. Go, you know, get, you know go, to, go back to college, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little different for everybody, but I think that's probably the main reasons. Mm-hmm. Why, okay. Yeah. Well, you guys have clearly treated your employees very well. Um, they seem very happy because they're putting out great food, great drinks, and great vibes at are. both Night Owls and Pisces. <laughs> to, to my experiences, they are doing a fantastic job, and I'm so glad that we got a chance to kind of highlight Fizzy's a little bit more today because – it is such a unique place, e- even compared to Night Owl. Like it is its own entity. It is, it is a vibe you won't find anywhere else in Omaha. And, and like you said, no, maybe not anywhere else in the U.S. or even the right. country. So, I'm glad we got a chance to highlight it today. And I can't thank you guys enough for coming back on the show, Katie and Noah. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks. Yeah, thanks for letting us come back and, and yeah. talk about fizzies too. Yeah. Was, of course. So, yeah. Absolutely. As always, Omaha. Thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.